Hi, I'm Rishikesh Hirway. I'm a musician, and I make a few podcasts, including Song Exploder, Home Cooking, and The West Wing Weekly. I really love detective shows and mysteries. In fact, I have a dog named Watson. I'm Jesse Sparks, and this is The One Recipe, a podcast that asks curious home cooks and great chefs a big question. What is their one? You know, the recipe that's capable of pleasing a crowd or a party of one, anytime. This week, we're talking about recipes we cherish with Rishikesh Hirway. Rishikesh is a tour de force in the audio world. He's a musician and the creator, producer, and host of numerous smash hit podcasts, including Home Cooking with Samin Nusrat, Song Exploder, and The West Wing Weekly. Here he comes. Rishi, hello. It's so great to have you. Thank you so much for having me. So, like so many other people during this long four, five, 15 years that the pandemic has been, mm, mm-hmm. um, I spent it listening to your show, Home Cooking and Making Too Much Sourdough, <laughs> and trying to cook along with the recipes, and it was a blast. I, I gotta know, had you always wanted to start a cooking show? No, I I don't think I would have ever thought to make a cooking show if it weren't for being friends with uh, Samin Nasrat. We, we became friends in, well, we kind of became internet friends in 2017, and we started becoming friends in real life in 2018. And then I started bothering her with the idea of uh, of doing a podcast together sometime i guess it was at the end of 2018 she was down here in la visiting and it was thanksgiving time and i was making my mom's mango pie recipe and i was trying to recipe test it because it's a lot of pressure because it's my mom's specialty and i was gonna have to make it that year because i was hosting thanksgiving and so i had gotten all the stuff out and she was in town i think doing uh, press for her salt, fat, acid, heat TV show on Netflix or something like that. So she came over and she was like, what are you making? And I told her about the the pie. And when I went to go actually make it, one of the problems that I encountered is the texture of the, of the mango filling. So this is made with like mango pulp and cream cheese and Cool Whip that all gets blended together. And it's supposed to be this like perfectly smooth, consistent, you know, liquid that gets poured into a graham cracker crust and then it goes into the uh, fridge and it sets overnight. But when I did it, it had all these like little white flecks in it. And I remember seeing that once before, you know, years before when I tried making the mango pie, I remember having that same issue. I was like, well, I know Samin now, so let me ask her, you know, I I have salt, fat, acid, heat uh, (laughs) herself. Uh, So I was like, what is going on? What's wrong with this? And she said, did you bring all of your ingredients, this Cool Whip and the cream cheese to room temperature before you melted everything together? And I was like, no, I'm melting it all together. I didn't, uh, why does it need to, you know, go to room temperature? And she's like, well, because the different ingredients are coming together at different temperatures, they're not fully mixing homogeneously. This is, this is the problem. So like, all right, if you say so. So I tried it again doing the way that uh, she suggested and it came out right. And and so after that, I, I called her. I was like, this this should be a podcast. It should be called Samin Nasrat <laughs> colon Chef Detective. And I was like, and you can be the host and I'll produce it. And she was like, ha 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 ha. She, you know, she was, her plate was so full that she really laughed it off with the idea that she would start another project at all. 
But I, I was like, I think this would be great. And I think it would be really fun. And, um, but that was where the idea came from of, of doing a food cooking show was Samin solving this mystery for me. And then me thinking this could actually be a really good format for a show. I'm glad that y'all were able to kind of workshop it, reel it in and, and get it right in the end. Yeah. So did the pie actually work out okay? Or, or was it still a little up in the air? No, that was the solution. You know, these were things my mom would make the pie. When I was a kid, I wasn't paying attention to what she was doing. I didn't notice that she was bringing things to room temperature or whatever. I just knew these were the ingredients. It's stuff in a pot. Yeah, exactly. They all get melted. Cool Whip lives in the fridge. <laughs> right. So it has cool on the name. <laughs> <laughs> we could go on and on. But I will, I will not antagonize you for Cool Whip anymore. Um, but what I will do is I will peer pressure you to share Maybe another recipe that you might have been setting on for a while. <laughs> so, Rishikesh, I gotta know, what is your one recipe? My one recipe also comes from my mom. It is chole, a.k.a. chana masala. It's called a few different things, depending on where in India you are and what language is being spoken. It's also sometimes called chole masala. My family is Marathi. We're from Maharashtra. And so we call it chole, which is a dish made from chickpeas and tomatoes and onions and spices. So can you kind of walk me through how you make it? Yeah. Um, it's really easy, which is the reason why it's my my one recipe, because it was sort of the first thing that I really learned how to cook. And since I was in college up to this day, it's been a staple of, of mine. It's, it's one of my go-tos. For a long time, it was the only thing I knew how to cook. So <laughs> it felt like a, <laughs> uh, the appropriate choice for the show. Hey, as long as you have that one recipe that you can always kind of like fall back on, that's all you really need, right? Yes. It's called the one recipe for a reason. <laughs> yeah. So perfect matchup. But can you tell me a little bit more about how you were kind of introduced to it and when you started making it really your own? Yeah. Well, this was a dish my mom made throughout my childhood, my whole life. And it was part of her sort of rotation of dishes. My mom was an amazing cook and she would make Indian food every night for my whole family. She loved cooking and it was, you know, how she expressed her love. And every time it was my birthday, she would always ask what I wanted to eat, um, what she could make that would be special for me. And I always requested this. Sometimes I'd request other things too, but this was always sort of the centerpiece. And so even though we would have it other times, we'd have it regularly, you know, it always felt special to me. And, you know, one of the other things was my friends when I was a kid would come over to my house um, because my mom didn't drive. And so rather than um, me going to somebody else's house after school, she'd say, why don't you invite them here? It would make things easier. So my friends often would end up at my house and they'd often stay for dinner. And my mom would sort of make this often on Fridays. So a lot of my friends, I got to see a lot of my friends experience this dish for the first time. And it would just blow their minds. They they loved it so much. The spiciness was sometimes a little more than they could handle, but it was so delicious they wanted to keep eating it as well. And and so I got to feel like this is not just my favorite dish. It's something that my friends are getting introduced to, and they all really love it too. So it was really special for me growing up. I kind of love that this was like your birthday pick hmm. because it's such a straightforward kind of straight shooter recipe. It's not overcomplicated. It's not too, too intimidating. It's just chickpeas and sauce. Yeah. Yeah. It's really simple. Uh, I should also preface this by saying I have made this so many times in my life. I have never once measured out any of the ingredients. <laughs> so when you publish the recipe, uh, 
please uh, apologize to everybody on my behalf and thank whoever did get the amounts scientifically correct because i'm just going to say some or a pinch i'm going to be very unscientific with my uh, measurements but you put some neutral vegetable oil in a pan (laughs) and you heat it up you know i always put enough to just like cover the bottom you heat that up once the oil is hot you add some chopped onions wait till they get translucent then you add the spices and garlic and ginger the only other ingredients that go on and go in there are chickpeas and crushed tomatoes and salt it's really, really hard <laughs> to get this recipe wrong. Like there, there are a lot of different ways you can make it and there are ways where it can be really, really incredible. But there's a big, big bell curve where the middle of the results of y- your version of this are going to be still really good. Like you can, y- you might not have all the ingredients. You might uh, not <laughs> have all the, the spices. You might you know, not let the chickpeas cook as long as other people. It's really uh, quite impossible to mess up. And and I know because I've cooked it under so many different conditions in so many different kitchens in different times of my life. And the spices you're talking about are like cumin and turmeric and garam masala and red chili pepper, right? So they're, they're these warming, kind of earthy, a little bit darker, more grounded spices and flavors. What other flavors is it bringing in? I mean, so cumin, turmeric, garam masala, red chili powder. These are all spices that for me were like part of my pantry from whenever I first left home. You know, when I went to college and had my own kitchen, I only had a handful of spices, but these were the spices specifically so I could make this. And I think for any Indian person, certainly these are like, yeah, everybody's going to have them. But if you don't have them, they're also not so hard to come by. You know, you can get little versions of them in the grocery store as opposed to, uh, you know, there's versions where you can get more elaborate, like you could have like a dried mango um, powder as one Ooh. of the ingredients in this, but like, I'm not going to put that in there. How do you get that? <laughs> I mean, like that's <laughs> <laughs> right. right. Yeah. Uh, but, but just to be clear, are we using canned or fresh chickpeas for this? So you can do either canned or fresh chickpeas. I have only ever made this with canned chickpeas because I am really all about the path of least resistance to deliciousness. And honestly, in a dish like this, the, the canned chickpeas work great. Um, and, yeah, I've never had an issue with it. Um, also, canned crushed tomatoes are actually better than using uh, fresh tomatoes for something like this. And both of those, super easy to find. You can find them anywhere, so no stress at all. Talk to me a little bit more about the cooking. So we have the chickpeas, we have the spice mix, we have the oil. Is it time to simmer? Are we simmering uncovered? What's happening? I simmer covered, um, but you, you, I check a lot because one of the things that can happen is um, the chickpeas can dry out a little bit. The mixture can kind of dry out and stick to the sides. And this is also, again, one of the versatile elements of this recipe is that uh, you can kind of decide how wet you want the dish to be. If you want it to be like more of a soupy kind of curry kind of feel, you can do that by adding more water, adding more crushed tomatoes. You should use the chickpea water from the canned chickpeas so that everything kind of binds together. That's better than just using water, but you can also add water to make it soupier. I like it in this like sort of middle zone where it's definitely like wet, but it is for sure like a solid with some sauce as opposed to like more of a soup. Um, But the whole thing for me usually takes about 20 minutes to make. It's really fast. Also, it's very cheap. Like one of the reasons why I made it uh, for so long too is 
you know, again, especially if you already have those spices in your, your cabinet, the rest of the ingredients, it costs like $5 to make this. Music to my ears. <laughs> so how are you kind of finishing it? Are you, are you topping it with anything? Are you pouring it over rice? Yeah. So you can do it a bunch of different ways. I usually, nowadays, what I do is I eat it with brown rice because I'm trying to be healthy. But I think the most delicious way to eat this is with either like a naan or, I mean, my, my mom, when she would make it, she would make puri, which is like a fried Indian bread. And that was incredible, but that's beyond my skill level. So it's like, I might buy naan from the store and heat it up in the toaster oven. Or more likely these days, I just make a pot of brown rice and, and eat it with that. And then to top it, one of the things that's really, really nice is um, a little bit of chopped red onion and coriander. You just sort of sprinkle that on top. It's, it's a little bit like a garnish, but it also adds just a little brightness at the end to this thing that's been, you know, simmering for a while with these, you know, darker spices. Another thing that you can do if you have it is add a little bit of Indian pickle. Have you ever had Indian pickle? I have, but can you go ahead and describe it? Yeah, I mean... I get it at the Indian grocery store, but I think there are some grocery stores, like Western grocery stores, that might have it in the international aisle as well. But it comes in a jar, and yeah, it's like this pickled, spiced uh, mixture, and it's, you know, sort of based around one ingredient, but you can have all different kinds of pickles. My favorite is a mango pickle, but you can also have ginger pickle, which is also really good. Tomato pickle is also really, really good. But yeah, it's, it's the, it's, very, very, very spicy. It's extremely potent. So, you know, you take a little tiny, tiny bit, you know, like maybe a teaspoon and you put it on the side of your plate and you kind of, I would mix it in by grabbing a tiny bit on two tines of my fork and sort of swirling it in as I go to have a bite because it's too much to have a lot of it, but it's, uh, it's really great. It's very sharp and, and spicy. And, uh, yeah, it's another way to add spice to the, to the dish. Okay. Rishi, one more question for you. This recipe calls for a healthy helping of garlic. Do you prefer to use fresh garlic or do you like using the jarred stuff or jarlic? <laughs> oh, is that what it's called? Jarlic? I mean, just, just some like industry jargon, <laughs> just, just some BS, just to get some more people in the know. Mm, but, industry jargon um, or industry gargon? Get out. <laughs> <laughs> Please, please leave. Please, please make it the premises. But are you are you a fan of jarred garlic? Is that something that you kind of leave alone? So I never use jarred uh, garlic or ginger. But recently I was at my dad's place. Um, so my mom passed away a couple of years ago. And now my dad does the cooking for himself. And my dad is a food scientist um, by profession. And he is all about all kinds of like any packaged thing, any kind of sort of like pre-made mix, like stuff that has gone through the hands of somebody like him. He is like fully on board for all already. And, uh, um, <laughs> you know, my feeling is like the least resistance towards deliciousness. I think for him, he's like, oh, somebody has thought about this scientifically, a way to like engineer how to do this even better. That That's how I feel when I go through his cupboards. I'm like, what is this? But okay, I guess. <laughs> um and so, so we never had this jarred garlic paste or ginger paste growing up. But when I, I was at his place most recently, I saw these two giant jars, uh, one, one for each. And so I used those because uh, I was making something. It was too late to go to the grocery store. Also, it was Rhode Island in December. I wasn't going to step outside. Oh, my God, no. <laughs> but I was like, I don't know how to calibrate how potent this is. So I used a little bit 
uh, like sort of estimating the kind of amount of volume that you'd use in terms of like how much ginger, how much garlic. And it was so garlicky and so gingery. It was, I mean, it was fantastic. And I was like, and I don't have to chop anything? It's great for certain applications. Yeah. <laughs> or at least that's my stance on it. Yeah. But Rishi, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. It's been such a joy to talk to you. Oh, thanks for having me. Rishikesh Hirway is a musician and podcast creator, host, and producer. You can find the recipe for Chole on Instagram at the.one.recipe and at onerecipe.org. This week's episode was made for you by producer Erica Romero, associate producer Ren Farrell, technical director Alex Simpson, and digital producer James Napoli. Sally Swift is our managing producer. APM Studios executives in charge are Chandra Kavati, Alex Schaffer, and Joanne Griffith. Beth Perlman is our executive producer. The One Recipe was created by Sally Swift and Erica Romero. I'm Jesse Sparks. This is APM Studios. Go make some magic.